This is Daniel King, and you're listening to George Fox Talks Wellness. I'm super excited today. I have two of my peers who are going to be with me. I want to introduce you to Miriam Bowden. She is the Director of Exercise Science here at George Fox University and has a PhD in Human Bioenergetics. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Great, great. (laughs) And then we have Tyler Cutterford, who's the Director of the um, Doctor of Physical Therapy Program, as well as being the Associate Dean for the Wellness Enterprise. And I get to work with both of them. So I'm super excited. And we're going to be talking about a topic that I think is, um, I want to say it's controversial, but I think there's a lots of advice people get around exercise. And what I'm hoping for is that people will um, learn something from this episode and also feel inspired by it. And I think always what's underlying of that is our faith journey. It may not be the thing that pops up right away, but I think that, you know, whatever way that we want to take it, I think it's really good, right? But I thought, first of all, maybe we can introduce ourselves, you know, just maybe as, maybe just about your journey through exercise science and what that kind of looked like for you. So I could start with Dr. Mboden. Sure. So exercise has always been a big part of my life. I think um, it really stuck with me as this was going to be my career um, when I was in high school. I mean, I thought I was going to be PT, helping people. We hear that all the time. Our mm-hmm. students want to help people. Um, but really, exercise was helping me. Um, I struggled with some um, mental things, eating disorder, and exercise actually got me out of that and really um, improved my outlook on life. Um, and I wanted to be able to give back to others in educating them about the importance of exercise. Um, and so um, yeah, that's where I, I came. I thought I was going to do PT. I had an internship in undergrad where I worked in a cardiac rehab and pulmonary rehab. And I just fell in love with those patients. I fell in love with the anatomy, physiology of the heart and kind of took that journey. Um, from there, kind of thought clinical route and started doing research, um, learning more and about exercise. I'm a lifelong learner. Um, and so that took me to my PhD at Ball State University um, and now here after um, graduation. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So I'll just turn it over to Tyler. Yeah, mine's not that clean uh, <laughs> or direct. Um, uh, I, I guess I've always liked activity, exercise, sports, those kinds of things for sure. Uh, played a little college volleyball, um, you know, had fun doing that. Um, uh, PhDs in biomechanics, uh, University of Iowa. And um, uh, it wasn't really till later um, after that, I, I was really really deep down the biomechanics pathway, right? With uh, um, kind of what those things you can measure. And it wasn't really till later, uh, I was at Nike. So a, a story around working with professional athletes and developing a product for them and uh, worked in the sports research lab and did some advanced materials. And um, it wasn't till, I wasn't a epiphany, but we're paying these athletes a lot of money, yeah. you know? And I, you know, I was on the marketing team for some big, big, big names. And, um, uh, they weren't really hurt, they weren't really sick. Mm. Um, and uh, so what c- compelled me to, to come back to, st- you know, into PT was um, r- really people are dying because of lack of movement. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, really got me back into PT. Um, uh, rather than doing the kind of the sports medicine route around, you know, fixing someone's knee or foot. And so it was really around the health of a community I thought I could impact more. Yeah. And that was in, um, in education uh, in, in PT. Yeah. So let's just dive then deep into, I guess, what the podcast is about. And today it's just, I want to throw this at you guys, like how much exercise is enough, right? I mean, cause I've, I read things, I read a, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of articles. I read the New, New York times, I read sports illustrated. I read all these things that, you know, they kind of tell us like how much is enough, right? But we also know the flip side is that not too many people are actually able to do it, right? So that's kind of the second part, but I just want to throw that at you guys and you guys can kind of think about it, but how much exercise is enough? <clears throat> um, I don't know where Mary's going to go and it's really complicated. And so, and it's re- really multifactorial. Mm-hmm. So from a from an activity guideline standpoint, so the scientific committee came out with, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, the, the, those guidelines. And, and I think we've heard about how much those are between 150 and 300 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, per, um, per day. No, sorry. Per week. Sorry, per week. Per that week. would be a lot. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> um, which equates to whether it's a vigorous or a moderate activity, okay. it's, it's a lot. It's, uh, you know, upwards of, you know, 30 to 90 minutes a day, mm. right? And so um, I don't know very many people, even in our PT program, yeah, right, uh, that, that can spend that kind of time, you know, exercising 35 miles a week, yeah. you know, or running 35 miles a week, the equivalent. So, yeah. Um, uh, so, 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 like I said, it's, it's really complicated. So, but if you were to look at the scientific data, yeah, it says any amount of movement. Hmm. So, from just a few minutes a day, yep, lowers all of the diseases. Wow! Right. So, all cause all cause mortality. So, so any amount of movement is um, amazingly good for you. Yeah. Now it doesn't start to plateau. So it's kind of this this curve that's U shaped. It, it kind of flattens out well after three hundred minutes. Okay. Right. And then uh, so you you have uh, essentially uh, less risk okay. of of disease. Um, all 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 kinds of disease because uh, the the scientific literature is replete with articles that show how the benefits of exercise. Yep. Um, <clears throat> um, but it's interesting, if you go six hours a day, like a, a, maybe an ultra marathoner, or mm. uh, um, it's actually worse for you than it is to do less. Wow. Right, so that's it's really interesting when they tracked, actually it's millions of people, this this uh, uh, the scientific committee tracked and in, in the articles they read. So it, it's really complicated. Mm. So if you're interested in weight loss, the best bang for your buck isn't to run, mm. right? So um, it's actually probably more along the, si- the uh, diet kind, yeah. right? So how much you eat actually better influences how much you're gonna lose weight versus activity. Yeah. And so, um, uh, I, so, so when I talk to people about exercise, going back to your question and yeah. how much, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! It's any amount to start with is really going to be great for you mm. because the reality is, you know, the people aren't even doing it. Yeah, it's, it's like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. How about you, Mary? Yeah. So I think it's what Tyler said, and then based off of your goals, right? So if we're trying to get 150 minutes per week, moderate activity, but you're trying to lose weight, then we want you to do 
closer to the 300 that Tyler mentioned, right? And and he and he also mentioned like we do see sort of it go back up when you're doing too much. Mm. And that's same with like immune response and all of that as well. But to Tyler's point, like just moving in general, like if you are not able to get to that 150 minutes per week, do three days of 30 minutes or, you know, and it's not even 30 minutes at one time. If you do 10 minute bouts three times a day or mm. That's yeah. actually has been shown to have similar health benefits to one 30-minute bout. So I always, people that say I don't have time, which is the number one barrier to exercise that people list, go walk across campus or um, walk further from the grocery store, walk a little bit faster in like a brisk walk, right? Um, we also see that the health benefits when it comes to cardiovascular disease, all-cause mortality, that if you can just get out of the sedentary, low, low fit group and into that next fitness group, which is not high fit, you're running marathons, it's literally, you're going for brisk walks, you substantially reduce your risk and um, it's way more than getting into the the next group after that, you know? So that the largest um, risk reduction is actually getting out of the lowest fit to the next least fit group. Yeah, so, so that sedentary piece is, the, I think the, the, the most important piece yeah. is not be sedentary. Yeah. But benefit though, so activity is great, but any health, cardiac, cardiovascular benefit, yeah. a walk with your dog is not it. Yeah. Right, so it's actually, it has to be moderate to vigorous and a moderate, a good, a good gauge of whether it's moderate mm-hmm. is like what Mary said. It's a brisk walk. Yeah. It's not just a leisurely pace because that doesn't have as much health benefit from a cardiovascular standpoint as it would be if you had a, a moderate intensity or vigorous. Yeah, I like that. I think the one thing that I want to kind of go off of then is this understanding of goals. Right. Like I think Mary kind of brought it up and I think Tyler was saying the same thing about like it's complicated because people's goals are all different. And sometimes like we don't know that even doing a little bit is actually helpful. You know, I had Dr. Sellers here earlier on um, on our podcast. He was talking about um, hypertension. A lot of times people don't even know they have hypertension. Right. They're walking around and they have 180 over 100. Right. And they have no idea. And he was saying that the best thing you could do is try to prevent it or plan it to help with resiliency, have a plan. And I love the fact that sometimes we don't even know we have hypertension, but we're exercising. And that's helping us with our hypertension or helping us with you know our blood sugar and the way our body processes things. You know, it helps us with our stress. All of these things we know, right, physiologically. But if you were going to like help somebody like set a goal, like where would you begin? I mean, I understand movement, like we should move them. And maybe we need to clarify the difference between exercise and physical activity. Maybe that's a good starting point, and then maybe we can talk about goals. So throw it back to you guys. Yeah. So when I sit down with people to talk about goals, I really like to get to know the person, mm. right? And I and I do think about what is your health status, what is your age, and maybe the older individual is not saying, I just want to live independently, but that's in the back of my head, right? I want you to be able to... Um, walk up your stairs if your bedroom's on the second floor. I want you to be able to play with your grandchildren. And so those are in the back of my head. And especially when I get to know the person and I know that they have these things, I'm going to be writing a program, if, if it's me, that, do, you know, make sure they have the quad strength to walk up the stairs um, and the stamina. Um, so, but specifically when it's their goals, um, you know, a lot of people who are sedentary might not know 
right? And so I think it's also just educating them on what we said before, just moving. And I know you said it's not, you know, we're kind of trying to get away from that a little bit with this question, but just moving will help you maybe to better understand what it is next you want to do. Um, Cause I don't think maybe people know at that point. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I like that a lot. So, uh, you know, the, the neurobiologists will talk about um, um, mood mm. follows movement. It's not, it's not the other way around. And so getting someone to be active and move uh, changes your mood. So that there's some interesting, you know, things around that. Um, uh, and, and what Mary said, it's, it's, it's around finding that thing that's most important to them to see, um, you know, see if that works. So I, I've had a lot of chances to watch, um, you know, Dan uh, practice as a, as a PT in our clinic and uh, it's profound uh, when I watch Dan and and what how he connects. Like what Mary said, it's an instant connection to patients uh, and ability for them to buy in, you know, to what uh, we might have to say, and 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 that's a big deal. And and Dan finds that thing that's most important to them in a short amount of time, and can. He has, he has this, he plays chicken with them a little bit, right? So um, he can uh, know what's important to them and ask for the, their permission to do some things. As an example, do you think you'd be able to, you know, take your dog for a walk to the mailbox and back? It's just something so benign that we would think of, yeah. uh, but they've never done that. And so, uh, you know, those kinds of goal settings are, are really, really, really important for those that are really sedentary and don't even know where to start. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know what age, and maybe you guys know, where there's a shift in goals. Because, you know, like when you're younger, you have these, like, you know, goals. Like, I think some of you have probably done marathon, just looking at you. I think Tyler's done an Ironman or a half Ironman. I did a couple of... Um, smaller triathlons just to test myself but something happened around age 30 when i started my own business where my goals started to become more about financial about you know success about these other things and my i guess my physical goals started changing like i just started going for walks or going hiking with my wife or taking my kids to the zoo right and being able to keep up with them and riding bikes you know these things that i already kind of was fit and doing but i kind of stopped making physical goals. And I think one of the reasons why it was is because it just didn't feel that nice to go for like a three or five mile run because you stop running. Mm -hmm. I still go for like a one mile run, right? And then I'll walk another mile or two just to have a little bit high intensity. What would you say to someone who's been in maybe an athlete or someone who's been physically active and has gone backwards because not because of out of like laziness, but because of priorities have changed, but also recognizing like, there, we should make physical activity and your biological being like a priority. Like, I really believe that. But I think that it's hard sometimes, right? And so do you guys have any advice to someone like me or to maybe some of our listeners who are listening going like, yeah, you know what, I want to get back on the train. You know, what are some of maybe the best ways that you would advise somebody if they had those kinds of, you know, those kinds of obstacles coming to you? Well, uh, this is going to sound bad on the podcast, so um, you could cut this out. I hate exercise. <laughs> Without question, it sucks every time I go. 
right? And so it doesn't matter if I'm doing an Ironman, which I'm way out of shape to do now, right. but um, or even just going for you know a three mile run at ten minute pace. You know, yeah. it it sucks every time I go, and so I've never had a runner's high, and um, <laughs> Mary probably has them all the time. You yeah. know, and so she's got one right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I. Uh, I, I do it, I, not out of obligation, but I know why to do it because it's important for my health. Yeah. You know, so that that's kind of the, my goal Yeah, is uh, because I know the importance of it Yeah, uh, and I want to be healthy. And so that's why I go. But the, the physical act of doing those kinds of things, yeah, it's not fun. Do you share those stories with your patients? Because I know you still see clients, right? And um and I think you do a great job as well. Like, do you share kind of some of that of oh. like I like I feel you, you yeah. know? Oh no, I, I do. Yeah, because I I am not, I'm not going to be that one that you know as it's self motivating enough to. I mean, I do it because yeah. I know that it's good for you, yeah. and so that's really the only reason I do it. I, I you know I. So with the exception of this last couple of months, I, I, I hurt my knee. And mm. so, but for the most part, you know, every Saturday morning at my brother's house for, for 20 years, uh, you get up and there's a group of guys and gals that are running. Mm. And so, um, and uh, it's because my, my brother does because it's at his house, so he can't get away from exactly. it. But for me, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I got to get up and run um, because I like to eat too much yeah yeah right so there's this fat old guy chasing me yeah and that's why i run that's awesome thank you for sharing that mary well a few things based off what tyler said i think motivating factors right if you're not motivated by just all the health benefits that it provides um the social support is really great like if you have someone that can start off with you at the same level that's like the best buddy out there Mm. um when it comes to physical activity um what I would actually say is it is okay to change your mindset. Like so many people are comparing themselves to what they were before if you were an athlete. So for me, right, if I was able to run a race at this time, I am constantly comparing myself to that. And I get down on myself when I can't do that. You know, two months after giving birth, I'm, you right. know, bummed that I can't run this I remember that. 5K uh, time. Um, so give yourself grace, change your mindset of what does the importance of exercise, but also just moving again, right? Like, let me get out and moving and I will get back there. Or maybe I'll never get back there, but I know moving will still make me feel good. Um, I do have a runner's high. Um, and that's something that I will not, um, I re- most people tell me I'm grumpy if I don't exercise. (laughs) Um, yeah. So you don't want to see me on those days, but, but yeah, I think it's changing your mindset and and giving yourself grace of, of your new starting point and working up from there. Yeah. And it really is, uh, mood follows movement. And Mm. so, um, the Saturday mornings, I know it's rainy, it's 40 degrees and it's not going to be fun from that perspective. It's also going to hurt. Right. And I'm not going to feel good, but at the end, I'm always, always, always glad I did it. Mm-hmm. So you're, so if I can just summarize this, so you're telling, you're, you're sharing with us, you're not telling, but you're sharing with us that you, that the, the science that's telling us through neuroscience and just overall, don't wait to feel like you need to exercise. Yeah, it's exactly right. Right. But that you should start exercising and then the, the mood will follow the mood after, will follow. follow after yep, that. Yep. 
wow, that's something that we don't hear very often. Right. People say, oh, yeah, you, you, you know, like you should feel like you should exercise, It'll right? Convince you first to exercise and then you'll exercise. No, it's, it's actually the other way around. Yeah, because I watch these Peloton commercials and it feels like they're already like ready to go, right? <laughs> they're they already, show, they they're already fit and ripped. That's right. right they, exactly. They don't need to be on the Peloton. I'm watching this Peloton commercial. I'm thinking, wow, they're ready to go exercise, right? And uh, what you're saying to me, what, what you're saying or you're sharing is just like get on the bike and just start doing it. Yeah, your first five minutes are never your best. Your first really? mile is never your best, right? Like, okay. even with the warm up, you gotta you gotta get into it and and feel it. Yeah. So let's talk about then trends of exercise, because you know there's been a lot of different trends. I think like last year the big trend was like hit, you know, high intensity workouts, right? There's I think a workout group I won't name them just because I don't want it to make monetary value from what we're gonna share <laughs> with their advertisement. But there's a whole gym around hit, right? Trying to get your um. Um, your heart rate up to a certain level so that you really feel like you got a good workout, which we can talk about from a physiological standpoint if we want. But I just want to talk about trends then because you're saying just movement in general is really good for you. But there's a lot of money in this industry. So we know like virtual reality or virtual or having like an online coach is like the number one trend right now. Right. That is like hot. And it used to not be. But with COVID, this has become a really big thing. And, you know, there's other trends that are out there. What's your guys' belief around trends of exercise? You think it's a good thing to go get the latest trend and start exercising? And or do you think it might be best to not do that? I think whatever works for you. Mm. Right. Like if you're going to do it because you're riding the trend or, or what, you know, maybe that's not the right language, but um but you're doing it good. Yeah. And I think these virtual classes, I mean, they're cheaper and people can participate in their own home. Maybe they're more comfortable and maybe we're getting people that we weren't before. Um, so I, again, whatever works for you, I would say, or I applaud. Mm. How about you, Tyler? That's a, wow. That's a great question. It's not worked. <laughs> so in the history, since we've been tracking exercise, diet, weight, um, obesity, overweight, um, you know, all of that really since, uh, since the 70s, it's not working. Mm. And so um, trends or otherwise, you can go in my day and look at, uh, you know, the, the, the Avia uh, shoes and the, the trend that, they, you know, that that led with Reebok and, mm -hmm. you know, dancing and, uh, you know, all those kinds of things to, you know, Nike earlier on than that and the running. And so... <clears throat> um, I, I don't know, um, you know, because that's a, that's a really hard question. I, I almost wonder yeah. if we need to start from ground zero somewhere mm. and figure out uh, why this this we're we're deep into you know these crazes, if you mm -hmm. will, um, uh, consistently over time, mm -hmm. um, but it's not working. Mm -hmm. So the personal trainers actually aren't working. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're not getting healthier as a country. We're getting worse. And it really goes to, you know, activity. We're, we're getting less and less active the more and more that the society goes on. COVID's making it worse because yep. now you don't even have to get out of your car to shop. Yep. And so you don't have to do anything anymore. Yep. Um, you know, as far as if you really don't want to be active, you have a pass not to be. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know where to start, Dan. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah. So because it's not worked, and yeah. so it's it's like um, I, this is going to get geeky, and it's not It's not about 
it's about exercise. So Achilles tendinopathy, we, you know, we, we, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge with uh, someone's uh, Achilles tendon in the back. So mm-hmm. it's a chronic overuse uh, syndrome for, for, for uh, largely runners. And mm-hmm. so uh, my, my PhD was, you know, in, in biomechanics and running. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I know a little bit about that. Uh, <clears throat> it, it hasn't changed in, in forever until someone figured out, what if we overload it more than humanly known? What if we, what if we had someone do 400 pounds with a single leg? Uh, would that help Achilles to not be more than, you know, what was done before? Mm-hmm. And, and lo and behold, yes. So I, I'm kind of waiting for that one person or group or something to say, what if? We started this way and saw some behavior change or movement. At, you know, mo- mo- people being more active in you know in society. So yeah. I, I'm uh, I, I don't have a good answer for that one. Yeah. I wonder if for the people, so these trends, it's not we're not reaching a majority of the population. Um, I wonder if it's not starting so much like let's throw another trend at them or another uh, option for exercise, but more so going back to why are they not exercising, the stress, the time, all of their reasons, and thinking of it more as it's not just activity. It's part of like trying to understand them where they are at and with their stress, Mm -hmm. because if we can maybe decrease their stress, maybe they'll be active. I mean, I think it's probably a lot more work than we would hope. Um, but I think it's understanding the person way more than just why aren't you active? Yeah, I think that's that's good. You know, I've been I did look at the stats and I think it's 23 percent of the population only matches what the CDC requires. That's about right. Mm-hmm. So like 150 minutes per week and then two times of resistive training mm-hmm. is, I think, the, the stats that I looked at. And I was a little discouraged, you know, because that's our profession. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're really not doing that good of a job. And so I kind of like what. Tyler was saying, it's like, maybe we need to start fresh and kind of think about what would it look like, right, to help increase that activity level. And I think that you touched on it, Mary. It's this understanding of community. Like, I think one of the things that I've been fascinated with, and Tyler, I've talked about this, is these blue zones. And I actually lived in one, right, at Loma Linda. And I told Tyler, you know, Loma Linda is not the most beautiful place. It's in the Inland Empire. I was there for nine years. But they had these people called the Loma Linda Lopers, and they're a walking group, and there's like 10,000 of them. And they wear these ugly pink shirts. And every Sunday, I'd go outside, and I would be like, I don't know, mowing my lawn, and I would see like hundreds of people walking down the street, walking together. And, you know, the air quality is not great. The water quality is not that great. Sure, they eat a vegetarian diet because of their religious beliefs. But I really believe it's this community that's together, that physical activity is on the top of the things to do. Hiking, going to the ocean and walking, right? These things are really important with this physical activity. There are times, I'm sure some of them don't want to do it, but they have that network of like physical activities right up there on doing things together because they don't they don't drink. They don't do these other things for religious beliefs. So their activity, physical activity is a way to bond. You know, it's not like these other things, but I've been thinking about that, right? And I feel like our society doesn't really have as much that community. We can very much exist on our laptops and have our own social network right here, right? Yeah. Which is a big issue. And if we think about like PE, you know, af- extra, you know, after school activities, sure, there's some people who can play sports year round, but I think it's just a minority 
that's doing that of the population. I don't think that's everybody. That's my guess, right? And I just kind of throw that back out, out there. So I guess where I would like to go from there about community, and you can talk about that, feel free. But I also wanted to ask you, what do you think the best exercise is then? So if we were going to say, okay, what's the best exercise or best physical activity to do? And we're going to build this community, right? What, what would you pick? <laughs> so I would, again, say whatever anyone will actually do. Um, right? And so it is, and I think to your point, building a community, but also just educating from a young age. I mean, PE has been taken out of the classroom. PE, or it's, you know, offered less um, times per week than when I was younger. And so if we're kind of giving that message to children, and then also there's more video games and TV shows and, you know, kids are being placed more in front of screens, um, they're not building those or they're not building an understanding of the importance of physical activity and finding activities that they really enjoy that they'll carry through their lifespan. Um, so something that you will do, and maybe it's something that you'll do with your children because you have that support or your spouse. Um, and I mean, walking's a great place to start um, and something that we can continue to do that will also be helpful in our activities of daily living throughout our older years too. Um, but yeah, my answer is anything you'll do. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. Tyler, what's yeah, your thoughts I, on that? I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess, uh, I, I, a couple of things. If you wanted some cardiovascular benefit, you know, for, you know, what you're doing, then the, the data is pretty clear and you don't have a lot of time. Yeah. You know, the, the HIT workouts actually do an amazing job of that. Yeah. And so if you've just got a few minutes to, yep. you know, to kind of bust out some things and then you want to get a cardiovascular benefit of that, not just, you know, overall health benefits necessarily, which is, you know, some of these lower you know, level exercises, then, then, I, then I would pick that for sure. Yeah. Um, and what's the research on that duration? Is it like about ten minutes or so, or seven minutes? I think it's 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 low. It's, low, yeah, it's, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's between. Yeah, it's not even. It's not even up to ten. Yeah. Right. So okay. you can have some significant. Uh, now, cardiovascular benefits is kind of different than health benefits, and right. so they're they're synonymous at the cardiovascular level, but yep. not at the health level. Yep. So, meaning, uh, you know, getting more activity uh, as as it relates to you know moderate uh, activity, not necessarily super vigorous. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that has uh, health benefits as well, but not necessarily cardiovascular benefits. Got it. Yeah, there's been research with just the HIT training. Um, so shorter period of time, right? And comparing it to um, yeah. more moderate or even to like light vigorous, if that's if we can say that, um, <laughs> endurance training, that you'll see similar improvements in your cardiospiratory fitness, which is a pretty overall body health type measurement. Yeah. Yeah. So like a 10 minute mile for yeah. a few miles versus someone that's doing yes, just you. Uh, you know, like, which would take 30 minutes to run three miles, right? Yeah. So versus just 10 minutes of just hard, really, really difficult. Now, the, here, now here we go back to that's not very fun, right? Because that, that's really making you work really hard and uh, you're, I'm not having fun doing it. 
sure lots of people do. Mary probably likes to do it. <laughs> I like the endurance training. <laughs> yeah, so. But yeah. So I guess the other question I had for you guys then is we've talked about trends. We've talked about exercise in general. We've talked about goal setting. Um, is there any other things that you think we should talk about when it comes to exercise? You know, I'm just kind of getting wider as this is going because I feel like you, know, you two are such so honest about exercise, but you're also very knowledgeable. And I just appreciate the conversation, but I feel like I'm learning a lot. And a couple of the things I've learned is like, don't let your mood swing. Just go ahead and do it. It's one thing I've learned. Learn the difference between physical activity and physical exercise. Understand goal and motivation is a really big, important thing. Uh, we've, I've gone on to this whole community thing where it's like we got to support each other through it. Is there any other part of exercise you think that we need to hit? We, we touched on it a little bit, and I, I'm wondering if this is, uh, I don't know if that's a leading question, but uh, a lot of people I meet, chat with, talk to, whether it be in social uh, situations or in, you know, PT clinic, you know, they, they want to lose weight, mm. you know, so um, uh, nutrition, we talked a little bit about that. That's the best way to lose weight. So I'll do some math. Um, uh, to lose about a pound of fat, um, it takes 3,500 calories. Right. Okay. Right. So um, to, to walk or run a mile, it's it's a little bit different, but for the sake of easy math, it's about 100 calories you burn to either walk or run a mile. It's a little bit more when you run. It's a little bit less when you walk. So what that means is for one week of exercise, you need to go for 35 miles a week to lose one pound. So that's a lot of miles. Our physical therapy students don't even run 35 miles a week. Yeah. Right? So, 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 so to try to set someone up for success with an exercise program to lose weight is really, really, really hard. Mm. Whereas if you just cut out the candy bar plus a little bit of coffee, you know, with creamer, yep. that's 500 calories a day. And now all of a sudden a week you've lost a pound. Yeah. Right. So, uh, that, that we don't talk about that much, no. you know, and, um, you know, cause I think we're sensitive a little bit to, you know, about people's weight and, you know, and how to do that and, and not go over an extreme on, on some things. But, um, but, but the reality is that that's really, yeah. now the, 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 to go back to the, the literature is also clear that if you do both, it's better. Yep. Right. So clearly it's better if you do both, but if you don't have time to do one, uh, exercise, then, you know, your best bang for your buck is not mm. to exercise, which is weird coming from a PT, right. coming from someone that's a big, big, big believer in, in movement, but the data doesn't support that. Yeah. Right. So and if, if you're wanting to lose weight, then it's, it's, it's a different approach. So are you, are you saying that you think that physical therapists, exercise scientists, medical providers should have some knowledge about nutrition then? Yeah. Without question, mm -hmm. that's the biggest turtle I think in in the way our society is is behaving when it comes to eating. And they're going to get questions about it because yeah. people are coming to them to lose weight and they want to know about nutrition too. And I think the exercise does come into you know comes into play with the weight maintenance for sure. sure. Yep. Um, especially building that lean mass. And and I don't feel like we spoke a lot about resistance training, but there's many many benefits to that too, um, including um, insulin sensitivity and so forth. But, um, yeah. And also 
with age, sarcopenia, osteoporosis, it definitely helps with that. But but building that lean mass will help with the weight maintenance. Without question, yeah, more lean body mass, more calories you burn as a, yeah. as an individual, and so you're you're less likely to gain weight. Yeah, I liked how the CDC actually put that in there, right, to make sure you get two days of resistive training at least mm-hmm. as a minimal. I really I thought that I was really great, and I think with older patients or eight older adults, they had yeah. something with the balance. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you should be practicing balance activities. Yeah. Do you guys remember how many times off the top of your head? I, I think two or three days yeah, a week. It's, as some, well. it's something like that, but you know, and it's targeting the elderly, which yeah. was really great because the, the the they lose their strength faster than they lose their balance and their cardiovascular fitness. Yeah, right. So the the strength training becomes much more. Uh, beneficial for the the older adult. Yeah, absolutely. Have you guys ever met somebody who actually loves to exercise besides Mary and Bowden? <laughs> like you, because you've been around a lot of professional athletes I as have. well too, right? Yeah. And I know oh, Mary's yeah. been around lots of athletes, but also a lot of people are exercising, right? Have you met a lot of people who like to exercise? Because it seems like with the clientele or the patients I see, like none of them like really enjoy, but I do see a different kind of population. It's a little specialized, but I just wanted to ask you, it's like, you know, do you, do you have any stories or like journeys where it's like, you know, these people really like to exercise, you know, that's important to them. And, you know, why do you think that is? I, I mean, I see a lot of people that like to exercise. I think it's the benefits that they experience mood wise, for sure. Mm. Um, and I think there's some addiction to it as well, right? Like people like to exercise because they become um, addicted in a way. Um so I, I do see a lot of people that like to exercise that aren't to that extreme, right. but definitely feel the mood benefits yeah. from it. Um, I did read a paper about this where we can make our own natural opioids. And one of the ways is actually through exercise. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's clear. Yeah, it's very clear. And yeah. it was very interesting while I was reading that because I was studying depression and physical activity. And that we have this natural opioids that are being released when we're exercising, even though it seems counterintuitive for a lot of us, especially when we're, our mood is, you know, feeling gloomy or we're not feeling the best, you know. And we know that a lot of people are going through that. Right. Mm-hmm. That it seems counterintuitive to actually exercise them, but that's actually what's opening up their opioid receptors and actually producing that. And I thought it was fascinating. And it was only like 20 minutes of aerobic exercise that they just needed to start with. And of course, it got up to like 30 or 35, right? Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, they need a lot of um, coaching. But after like four or six weeks, they started to be able to independently do that. And it was really neat to kind of read that study and see that we can actually create these um, pathways that make us feel good by actually physically being active, which I think is really neat, right? Because yeah. I think we're, we're highly reliant on other things like caffeine or medications and i'm not saying that that's good or bad i'm just saying maybe there's something more to physical activity and exercise that we're not giving credit for and that maybe what we need to do is just start doing it i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go yay on that so to to answer your question about where i started because I, I clearly have been around the best athletes in the world, you know, whether it be, you know, the, the Oregon Project runners, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the, you know, the sub four minute, you know, people mm-hmm. and or whether it be professional, you know, basketball and, 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 and others. Um, and they clearly like to exercise. But I don't have to that. They're not the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. The problem necessarily is our community. 
you know, that's really unhealthy, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and where we live in Yamhill County, it's a little poorer community and, mm-hmm. and really unhealthy. And so that's my passion. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I want to affect, mm-hmm. um, try to affect that change. And, and subsequently, my whole lens has changed. And now, like you said, the predominant people that we see in our clinic that can't afford care and, you know, those that are challenged with, uh, you know, uh, services, if you will, mm-hmm. um, uh, that 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 has for me. That's where that's where I'm putting my money. Yeah, that's awesome. I would say everywhere I've lived, though, Oregon, Yamhill County, Multnomah County, um, most active, right? And so, but the 23 percent, it's not the norm. And my goal for my career is to make it the norm, right? Yeah. And educate people to try to make that the norm, so people then are seeing others being active and say, I should do that, um, or I want to do that. Yeah. So I'm going to go off off cuff for a second. And I just wanted to ask you guys kind of about your faith journey with your exercise and if that's even part of it. Or is it just, you know, I'm a biomechanist from you know, PhD from University of Iowa and, and I have a faith, which is great, right? Or is there something about that that continues to want to help the community instead of helping elite athletes? Because that's what I hear you saying. I, I hear from you, Mary, saying that, you know, your mission is to, you know, educate students, but also educate patients on this, is, you know, to become more active, right? Is there a missional component to that? Or is this just a love of movement or love of exercise? Yeah, uh, for me, take care of the body you were given, right? And, mm-hmm. and um, in that will come so many benefits to you. Um, I also, for me personally, my favorite day is getting out on the trails in nature by myself. Maybe not the safest sometimes, but you know, like I really feel like I, like God is with me at that point and I can be in worship really. I mean, I, I, yeah. I love it. And, and sometimes it's, it's funny because friends will ask like, Oh, are you running today? And I said, today's my day, right? Like that's, that's my favorite day of the week. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah. I, I, mine's a little bit different, meaning uh, there there was a faith component of why I left, mm. you know, because Christ wasn't playing, you know, with the, you know, the Pharisees, sure. right? So he was actually most critical, you know, mm. of, a, of the religious leaders that just pretended, mm-hmm. right? And so for me, it was about being in a community um, where you, you could, and Fox is really great that way, right? Because yeah. we can, and PT is really great that way. Uh, be, because we can lead with um, with with our hands healing, yeah. you know, and bring Christ with us in in the community. And so Fox has a great bridge because of that. And yeah. uh, so I, I came largely because of faith as well, uh, not just uh, you know the elite athletes and, and seeing that they weren't hurt, but uh, but really wanting to uh, to affect change in the community. Yeah, you know, I think that just to kind of summarize our podcast here with this last topic is, you know, I've been thinking a lot about like verbal and nonverbal communication lately. And I think the reason why is, is that I feel like we're getting so overstimulated with verbal things. You know, we can have a lot of podcasts or a lot of music and it's information all the time, but I feel like exercise is almost like a nonverbal communication. It's kind of what you said, Mary, it's like when you're running and I've seen Tyler run too, it's kind of putting your practice into action. You don't have to tell anybody, you're just doing it. And I think sometimes, I think what we need to do is stop talking and start doing. And I think that's kind of been the theme of this podcast 
And I've been so encouraged by that, right? It's instead of like needing so much verbal communication, maybe what we need to do is start the motion and that nonverbal communication can bring you a lot of peace and knowing that your body can move that way, you know, or can do these things. I have a patient who... Um, so, so it's my turn yeah. to see what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. that, that, that was profound. Yeah. Right. So shall we turn off social media just for a little bit and go exercise? Yeah. You, you know that, right? I mean, it's like, I don't want to go, I don't want to go down a rabbit trail, right? About social media, because I think it's playing a lot of part of our mental health issue, but also it's stunning our physical activity, right? And I think we're watching a lot of videos about, let's just take surfing. So you watch all these great surfers and imagine you can't surf. So in your head, you have all these ideas, right? But you're not really putting your body to it. I think that would be really frustrating and actually make me feel very anxious. I think that what it should do is when you watch those videos, you should get stoked and then get in the water and rip as much as you can or whatever, right? To get inspired by them. I'm worried that all this VR, virtual reality, are giving us a false hope or a false movement. Where I think when we were growing up, I'm sounding kind of old now, <laughs> but when we were growing, growing up, it's like when we wanted to do something, I was into skateboarding and surfing growing up in Ventura County, I would get on my skateboard and just bomb that hill. And I would usually get hurt. But you know what? That's the great thing about skateboarding, right? You just need to land that trick one time. Because you're usually going to mess up when you're skating. And if you're not doing it, chances are you're not taking the right risk. Now, I'm not saying that to my patients, but I'm saying sure. sometimes what you have to do is just land it one time. And that's like good enough. So should we turn off social media? I, I think so. And, you know, I had this patient that really taught me a lot about what you're sharing. And she was a belly dancer. But I met her and she has this persistent pain and she's had a lot of social determinants of um, health things that have kept her from moving. And I met her and she's been basically sitting on this couch for a few years now. And I asked her what she wanted to do. And she says to me, well, you won't like it. And I said, why not? She goes, well, I want to belly dance again. And I said, I love that. We should belly dance. And she goes, when? I said, how about right now? And she's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, just teach me. So we got up, we started belly dancing, you know, and I'm a horrible dancer, but I still belly danced with her. And she says, I feel so good. And I said, how long have you been having pain for? Like persistent pain. And she's like, probably for 20 years, but this is the best I've felt in, in a long time. And so I, I, we talked about her goal to learn how to belly dance. And so she said to me, I'm just going to dance. I said to her, why don't you just dance like a few minutes every single day? Just get her started. She comes back the next week and she like danced like six hours a day. She was so sore, but she says it's the best I've ever felt. And her goal was to do this dance, um, give us a, like a recital at the end of her time. And guess what? She did it and she danced for a whole seven minutes straight. And I couldn't believe it in my 20 years. So she came to the PT program. Yeah. In front of class. Right, and then did a recital in front of students. In front of the students. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was, it was amazing. It was her goal. Yep. And I have the video, and I you know, went home and I wept because that's what fills our hearts. Like our minds, we know differential diagnosis, we know how to prescribe medicine, we prescribe exercise. That's our head. But what filled my heart was engaging in this experience with this person who was sitting on her couch for 10 years, wondering, you know, 
how they should move and things. And so I learned a lot that day to not be afraid to ask someone what their activity, what they want to do, mm-hmm. and then to work backwards from there. Because I think what we normally do is we say, okay, walk five minutes, and then we, we'll get to, the, to their, I call it the moonshot. Ask them what the moonshot is and then work backwards from there. And I think that's been like one of my best uh, stories in the last few years that has really inspired me as a, as a physio, as someone who gets to work with people and prescribe exercise. So thanks for your time. Any final words? Go out and be active. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. This has been a production of George Fox Digital. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to George Fox Talks on Apple, Spotify, or whatever you're streaming on. Check us out on the web at georgefox.edu talks, where we have videos, publications, and more. And we're also on YouTube at youtube.com slash georgefoxtalks. <laughs>